You're listening to the Functional Nurse Podcast. And on this episode, I interview Julie Davey, a functional medicine nurse practitioner. So stay tuned. Hello, nurses, and welcome to this episode of the Functional Nurse Podcast. I am very excited today to have our guest, Julie Davey, with us. Thank you so much, Julie, for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm very I am going to start by uh, going over your bio, letting everybody know kind of your background a little bit, and then we are going to get started. Um, Julie is a nurse practitioner. She has over 25 years of experience in healthcare. She received her undergraduate degree from the Medical College of Georgia and graduate degree from Emory University. She holds a faculty position at Emory University teaching future nurse practitioners, uh, and she is currently enrolled in Functional Medicine University to become a certified functional medicine provider. In 2013, Julie became interested in a more holistic approach to wellness, and she began educating others on the power of food and natural medicine to heal the body. Today, Julie owns a virtual consulting practice, helping patients get to the root cause of their symptoms through innovative clinical testing. She takes a holistic approach to healing the issues uncovered through proper testing in order to restore energy, proper digestion, mental clarity, promote better sleep, skin, immunity, weight loss, and so much more. With over 20 years of gut issues herself, Julie is especially passionate about gut health and helping others to get to the root of their issues in order to heal the body. She's a member of the education team at Rupa University, where she teaches quarterly boot camps on the GI MAP test and leads a mentorship program for providers interested in building their own functional medicine practice and becoming well-versed in gut health. Education, whether it's for providers or patients, is Julie's ultimate passion. And I think we totally have that in common. So welcome and thank you for being with us today. Yes, thank you for having me. It's an exciting conversation. And this is such such a great thing that you're doing in helping other nurses. I mean, this is so needed and sort of really getting more awareness in this sort of functional medicine space. Yeah, I think it's long overdue. <laughs> that it, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, everything I just mentioned in your bio is like a, a topic that I know that my listeners are interested in. So I would love to start with um, your journey to becoming a nurse, nurse practitioner and, and ultimately finding functional medicine. Yeah, gosh, if I think back to, okay, what sparked my interest in nursing? Um, interesting, in in high school, actually, we had a health education course. Um, and basically, it was sort of learning to become, now that I look back, a medical assistant, basically. But I remember I was just really kind of fascinated and just very interested in that. And so I thought, I think I definitely want to do something in the medical field at that point. That sort of really sparked my first, you know, interest. And then as as time went on, you know, I went and got my um, associate degree. And then I thought, yeah, I think I think nursing, there are a lot of options, right? I mean, I never, even even now, I mean, people ask me, you know, should I go to nursing school? I mean, I always encourage people that is such a great path to take because you have so many options There are so many things, you know, that you can do. Uh, so I decided to go to nursing school and went to, as you said, the Medical College of Georgia. And then I worked for um, a few years in the ICU in a cardiothoracic ICU. 
And at that point, I loved it. It was it was great. Um, but I knew I wanted to do more and really have a little bit more autonomy. So I decided to go to nurse practitioner school. I went through Emory's acute care nurse practitioner program. Uh, and after that, I worked in a cardiology practice for gosh, 20 years, I think, um, right at 20 years, maybe a little bit more. Uh, and so obviously that was conventional medicine, which I learned so much. I loved it. And I certainly think that there is a place for both. You know, I, I think an integrative medicine approach is is great. I mean, we need conventional medicine at certain times, but if we can take more of a natural approach, um, that's always mm-hmm. best uh, to you know to work with the body and help the body you know heal at, at a foundational level. About as you said, probably ten or so years ago, I really just started uh, being more interested in a, a holistic approach to healing, and um, really it just started with myself, my family, you know, wanting to remove toxins from uh, you know our home or um, you know have natural tools to use if we got sick, you know, things like that. So that's kind of where I started in my learning. Uh, And I started with the foundations with, you know, food, you know, with nutrition, with, um, you know, exercise, moving your body, stress management, sleep, like all of those foundational things. Uh, And then I also became very interested in plant-based medicine. Um, I started learning more started teaching some classes. um, And I had a lot of people who were just interested in learning those things and how they could help their family. So that's really kind of where I started. In my community, I would teach classes, people would come, you know, would learn how they could incorporate these foundational things. Uh, And and honestly, uh, Bridget, it wasn't until probably months after I started doing that, I started to realize, oh, I could actually make a career out of this. I just did it at first because I loved it. And I wanted to share what I was learning with other people. And then I started to think, oh, wow, I maybe I could actually do this. And again, it become more of a career uh, for me. And so then along these this time, I had a lot of gut issues myself. And that was one of the things that I was trying to heal from. Um, doing all the seemingly right things, you know, foundational things and did get a lot better. But didn't really get to optimal state of wellness and where I knew I wanted to be. Uh, at that time, I had discovered the GI map test and took the test. And honestly, I, it was so overwhelming when I first got the results. I thought, wow, I look really sick on paper, you know, but seemingly from the outside, you know, I didn't look sick. You know, I, I seemingly, you know, was pretty healthy. And um, I had I had H. pylori, I had, which so many people do, I had um, two parasites, dysbiosis, almost non-existent immune system. I wasn't digesting and absorbing fat properly, tons of inflammation. But it was so, um, it was a little overwhelming, but it was also so enlightening that, oh, I have some answers now. You know, so... I think for people, if you're if you're doing all these foundational things and you're still, you know, you know something's not right, then maybe looking at, you know, getting some data through testing is maybe the next best step. So I took the GI map test. And again, you know, I worked with a dietitian at the time because I wasn't offering it in my practice then. Um, and so I, I had to go through two protocols. Ultimately, you know, got so much better. All of my symptoms were gone and just felt great. And so I thought, wow, this is what I really want to help people with. So really kind of like 
forming your your niche, you know, or, you know, understanding what that is and, and where you really want to go. That was just a, a whole process, right? Uh, so I started um, working with people on GI mapping. And um, then I, uh, at one point, had created a course with a colleague um, on GI mapping where we were teaching other providers how to, um, how to incorporate it into their practice. And then, through a podcast, I was connected with Dr. Carrie Jones, who was the head of medical education at Rupa at the time. Um, and she said, she interviewed me for the podcast. And then she said, do you want to teach a boot camp on GI mapping for Rupa? And I said, um, yes, I'd love to. So, and again, at the, during this time, I also have been teaching at Emory in the nurse practitioner program that I went through for now, I think 21 years. And so I love education. So it was just like a perfect opportunity for me. So I thought, yes. And honestly, at the time, I thought it was going to be just a one-off thing. We're going to teach this one boot camp, you know, great. But then it turned into, well, hey, we want to do this quarterly, you know, because we have other practitioners that are interested. So I ended up joining Rupa um, and it's just been such an exciting journey. So that's kind of, I know that was a long answer to. (laughs) No, that's wonderful. That's exactly what I want. I know that's what my listeners want because I get a lot of feedback on, you know, what they love hearing and they love hearing other nurses tell their story. Um, And you're it, you know, you're ahead of a lot of my students in your practice, obviously, right, as far as incorporating holistic things in. And so I think it's so inspiring for other nurses to be able to hear that. And you keep mentioning teaching, right? And we, we have that in common, big passion for teaching. And then when we talk about scope of practice, it's like so much of our role as a nurse and a nurse practitioner is educating people so that they can take control of their own health. So, yes, and that that is you and I were kind of talking before we actually started recording about the fact that, you know, if you think about all of the different disciplines in um, in medicine in general, I mean, nurses are just at the core of education. We're the ones there with the patients, whether it's in a conventional setting or a functional setting. I mean, we're the ones there that are, you know, really not only educating the patients, but often just kind of walking with them through the journey, which I think is is just so important. I mean, nurses are just invaluable. So, yeah, I think it's a huge part of it. Well, you know, you, we have in common, um, I worked with a post-op open heart patients for a long time and cardiology was a big part of my and so much of that is the nurse providing education and and caring for those patients after surgery is such an intimate time of teaching really you know like you spend so much time with them so uh it is interesting when we talk about like roles in in healthcare that nurses spend so much time with patients and they spend so much time teaching and we have we have the same background in in those two things and then going on to teach nurses which is really cool because like you were talking earlier about your your story to finding becoming nursing and i was thinking at what point in that journey did either of us think, oh, we're going to teach someday, you know, but it's just I think maybe it's a, a little bit of a nursing calling is to is to educate others, too, whether we realize it or not. Yeah, I think so. And I'll um, tell you just quickly, just a little funny. Um, when I was in nurse practitioner school at Emory, you could take um, at that time you could take an elective and I decided to take this teaching elective. And I was before before I did that, I was so I didn't like to speak in front of people. I was, you know, it was like, no, I don't want to do this. And so I thought, 
after I started the elective, I thought, why did I do this? I don't even, because part of that elective was to teach the BSN students a health assessment um, class. It was like one of the classes in their health assessment course. And so, and it was to like over a hundred students. And I had never spoken in front of certainly a group like that. And I just, and we, um, Video. Everyone, uh, everyone did it, and everyone got videotaped. And then you can go back and go watch your own, you know. <laughs> and so, um, I mean, I was just, oh my gosh, I was so nervous. But I remember after I did that, it was almost like it was very empowering, and I realized that it, I loved it. Like it gave me, if I felt like it gave me a lot of energy, and I thought, gosh, is this something that I would potentially, you know, want to do? So. That kind of, you know, it was fun. It was exciting. And then after I had graduated, um, it was about three years um, into my nurse practitioner career. I maintained really sort of a friendship with one of my instructors and mentors at Emory. And she was leaving and she said, hey, do you want this position? I'll recommend you if you, you know, if you want to interview for the position. And I was like, okay. And so that's really how I got into education and just have realized over the years how much I really love it. And then being able to move, you know, from that into more functional medicine and education in that space was just really exciting for me. And honestly, one of my favorite things to do also is, I know we didn't really talk about this, but with my virtual consulting practice, um, like you, you know, um, I that's one of my favorite things to do is get on a consult and just educate um, the patient that I'm working with, you know, one-on-one. I love that. So yeah, there's, it's all about education. Absolutely. Really. Yep. And so now that I know that you also have to have spent some time teaching with BSN students, I, I scope of practice is a big topic for my students and, and my listeners, I think overall, and like, and, and every state's different, of course, right? Because I think you and I have really different experiences with scope of practice, I imagine. Um, so could you talk a little bit about your thoughts on like, you know, we talked a little bit before we hit record about what functional medicine really is when you get down to it and, and the role of nurses in that. Can you sh- just share some of your thoughts on your experience, it just like nurses and scope of practice when when incorporating functional medicine into their practice? Yeah. So we are much more restrictive here in Georgia. <laughs> You know, um, but what I love is, first of all, we know that, I mean, let's just put testing aside, right? I mean, nurses make great educators because, again, like we said, that's a big part of our role. So I think um, if you're looking to, if, if you have a listener that is looking to start a practice, I think starting with the foundations, you don't need any type of, you know, licensure to order testing or anything like that. If you're just kind of starting with the foundations, um, you know, what you're putting into your body, how you're moving your body, what is your sleep, your stress, all of that look like. And you know, as well as I do, you can really make some really great progress and often get people really to to meet their goals and to where they want to be by just doing those foundational things. Um, then I think, you know, if you, if you've, uh, you know, maybe you're looking to start a practice and you, and you start there and then maybe over time you think, okay, well, maybe you have some patients who um, you feel like you need to dig a little bit deeper and you want to look into, you know, some functional testing. I think we have such great opportunities now with, with platforms like Rupa, so I am going to plug oh, them. I like to hear they're amazing, honestly. And I'll just tell you, um, not only is their platform great, um, they are 
the the heart of the people that work there, they just really have a heart of service and really want to help people. So I can just tell you just from coming on from a first, it was a I was just contracted to do um, boot camps. But now that I've come on um, in more of a, a full time role, they're just great people all around, you know, to work with. But their platform is is amazing. Um, and, you know, for nurses and other um disciplines that don't have, you know, authority, so to speak, to order testing. They don't have an NPI number. They can't necessarily order testing. Um, you know, you can partner with Rupa on their under their physician partnership program where, you know, you can order testing um, for your clients. So I think that that is a great place if you're if you're already working with people on the foundations and then you want to dig deeper, start to learn more about about these different tests. You know, maybe it's like it was for me. Maybe it's gut health or maybe it's hormones. Um, You know, there are so many different options and, you know, they offer a lot of boot camps to where you want to, you know, kind of hone in and and focus in on one specific area. But that's another thing that I would also encourage people um, to do is sort of really think, you know, what are you most passionate about? You know, what excites you? How do you really want to help people and sort of really find um, your niche and, and, you know, um, who your ideal client is and, and, you know, take that route. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's exciting. I'm thinking when you started saying this about um, before Rupa, I know you know what I mean, like finishing up with a client and now you have to go order all these different tests. And it's like, let me go log into this website and order something and then go log into this one Mm -hmm. or to have somebody do that for you. It's just such a hassle. And once Rupa made it where you could just go in and boop, 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 and you're done, it's like, it changes your practice. It really does. As far as like labs and scope of practice, if anybody listening hasn't listened to, I have episodes specifically on that topic of like, you know, it is an ob- a, a responsibility that a nurse practitioner or physician has to take res- responsibility for critical labs. All that's really important. And so I am so grateful that Rupa has created a way for that to not get overlooked, right? That like there's still somebody yes. taking responsibility for a critical lab value. But at the same time, we're increasing the opportunity for nurses to partner with patients and work on lab work that they might otherwise really struggle to get done because, you know, not everybody in healthcare thinks that these labs are necessary, Um, which reminds me, you were saying earlier about the stool testing and you said SIBO and then you were naming off all the other ones. And I was like, I think, or no, you said H. pylori. And I was thinking, I think that's the only one you listed that like we learn about in nurse practitioner school. But when we help people on stool testing with results of all the other things you mentioned, they get better. But it is coming up in school still. It still isn't. It still isn't, unfortunately. And I have had some conversations around that because, you know, fortunately, I am in in a, a place where I can bring up those conversations. But maybe we're, you know, in the conventional space, not really ready for that just yet. I I hope that we're moving, you know, in that direction. And, you know, I have, I mean, students now that will ask me, you know, well, tell me about like what you're doing now. Because I mean, I can tell you from going to nurse practitioner school, did I ever think that I would be where I'm at now having a virtual consulting practice? You know, I mean, getting to work from my home, having, you know, time and financial freedom. No, I never thought that, you know, because, as nurses and nurse practitioners, I mean, we work really hard, right? right? And I mean, it can be, I mean, and we work a lot of long hours and, um, 
just to be able to have other options and really just to help people heal from really, you know, getting to the root of their issues, I think is just so, so important. So yeah, I kind of got oh, on a no. tangent on that. So you know, like, you went right where I wanted to go with this because the next thing I wanted to ask you about is um that it, we can have these conversations in some settings and sometimes it's it you know it's a little bit more taboo or you know it wouldn't go over well um and i taught pre-licensure nursing students in the past and so it would come up and i would try to make the connections especially with the foundations right because i didn't want to overwhelm them <laughs> talking about school testing or something right. but what kind of conversations uh are you having with your students about like how much is it coming up now? Are you able to like add it in when you're teaching or or where what are you experiencing recently with that? Yeah, that's a great question. So honestly, it comes up more in one-on-one conversations. So versus in, you know, a big classroom setting. I mean, I'm teaching classes with some classes are as few as 20 students, some are as many as 200 students. So, you know, if we have a specific you know, topic that we're covering that day. Um, we may mention some, you know, natural like tools and options in 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 a talk, but other than that, it's a, a little bit challenging maybe to incorporate it. But where I find that people get really curious and I can really have a great conversation is, um, I I see students in their clinical settings, so. You know, I'll, um, I'm a, the clinical placement coordinator, so I um, set students up in their settings and then we have multiple um, instructors that go out and see students. And I usually take, still take a group of students that I'll go see in clinical. And so we talk a lot about in clinical, you know, where, especially once they get towards graduation, you know, where they want to work and what they want to do. And so a lot of times conversation comes up with what I do. And then the, I, I can just see like light bulbs like, whoa. What? Like, you know, almost didn't really know that 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 was an option. Um, And the other place that I see it often, too, is in preceptors. So when I go out and I see students in clinical, I have conversations with the preceptors, too. And so these are typically, you know, people who have been working for at least several years, maybe a lot longer in a conventional setting and they get burned out. Right. They're like, um, got into healthcare, into nursing because I really wanted to help people. I love helping people, but sometimes I don't think that I'm helping them in the best way. You know, we'll have conversations then around that. And and often I have referred preceptors to or, you know, other colleagues basically that I come in contact with in that way to places like Rupa or to, um, you know, education to go and, you know, seek some education in the area of functional medicine. For me, that's kind of more along the lines of conversations that I've had is probably more one-on-one, which kind of is the best conversation, you know? Well, and it's where we're at right now, you know, and you may relate to this. I feel like when I was an RN and I felt this stir to like do something different. Like you were talking about, you you're in a, an allopathic practice, and you're like, this isn't filling my cup anymore. What do I want to do next? I really thought that NP school was going to do that for me, and then I get in the program, and I realize that they're teaching us to work in a medical model. It isn't more advanced nursing as much as it is. Here's how to diagnose and treat. I was really excited. I worked in primary care for four years to be able to partner with patients and and see them through their health journey in a much greater fashion, kind of like you in cardiology, to get to see them outside the hospital setting, um, non-emergent, 
provide teaching, but then you have the time constraints and figuring out which patients are ready to hear more and which for me, I feel like when I found nurse coaching and functional medicine, I finally found who I wanted to be as a nurse, you know, and how little of that came from becoming a nurse practitioner ultimately for me was incredible. And so many of my students have said that they're like, oh, my gosh, yeah, you're like, where's the more that I really wanted? Um, so I have yeah. to be here in the same boat. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. A hundred percent agree with everything that you just said. But now I will say this, too, because if we have people that are listening that are like, maybe somebody's in nurse practitioner school mm -hmm. now, and they're like, Oh, gosh, you know, what am I doing here? I will say I am grateful that I have this foundation. And also, you know, I mean, obviously more learning is never a bad thing. But I do also find that it gives you a little bit more credibility with with people sometimes you know they're like oh you know they see you as more of an advanced provider and more of a um sort of you have a broader scope so to speak you know so i think that that you know that's helpful so so i i just wanted to say that in that it, it's never lost you know you can and, and you can take that degree and you can build on it with more you know functional uh medicine learnings and certifications and things like that um and you know and create a practice that that you want you know that you love that you're passionate yeah. about you know you were talking about niches earlier and it is so cool to see my students will realize what they want, something they never thought they'd be really into. And then some of them will say, OK, I thought I was going to become a nurse practitioner until I started this course. And now I can see how much I can do in my scope as an RN. But the opposite happens, too, where so many of my students will say, I never wanted to go back and become an NP. But now that I realize what I could do with that in functional medicine, I'm inspired. And and it is a journey, right? And it costs a lot of money. And so it's, it's so it's so fun to see everybody goes like, I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur as a nurse or an educator. And like, we all go into nursing and they're like, the sky's the limit with like any direction you want to go and what you want to do with it next. Um, so you're right. You're absolutely right. Because there are things people ask me, would I get my NP again now that I've learned functional medicine? And I'm like, well, I would have never gotten the jobs I got. Like, I see it that way. Like, I wouldn't take back anything. But do you need to become a nurse practitioner to really have a huge impact in people's lives practicing functional medicine? No, absolutely not. Yeah. And I think that's such a great point that you made, Bridget, is that everyone's on their own journey, right? And here's the thing. You, you know, you may not have this next opportunity had you not had this foundation of whether it's, you know, an RN or you choose to go back and be an NP. Like, you know, every step prepares you for the next one and opens up opportunities that you may not have had if you had not have had this this foundation. Yep. So, yeah, I think that that's so important. And I love that you're talking about, you know, you're kind of speaking to a multitude of people here. I mean, even though it's nurses, I mean, there's like you said, there, there's so many different avenues that you can take in the in the field of nursing. And, you know, being a nurse practitioner isn't going to be for everyone. A nurse, you know, with um, with experience and, and functional medicine training can make huge impact and maybe doesn't even need, you know, to be an NP. 
um, to make that huge impact that they're meant to make. So I think, I, I mean, I love that. That's so important to say. A lot of the teaching that you were talking about, you have done for your clients and like group work and like local classes to work with your patients. Like all of that is stuff that I try to encourage my students to do. I'm like, if you want to build a practice, start by teaching people in groups in your area or even offer free courses, something to where you're getting in front of people and they're like, wait a minute, I haven't heard this before. And they go home and try it and they feel a little bit better. And they're like, wait, who is that Julie lady? I'm going to go see her now. Yes, that is absolutely, you are absolutely right. That is where it all starts, putting yourself out there, getting in front of more people, making, even just helping people make some small changes where they see sometimes huge differences. And then, you know, they've bought into this whole, you know, more holistic way of of healing and treating the body. Yeah. So I think that that's okay. And on that line, I want to shift gears and talk about, you know, you um, talked about teaching the GI map. I've heard you talk a lot about gut health before. And so I would love for you to share a couple, you know, a lot of people that are listening to this have, have taken uh, the Integrative Nurse Coach Academy's course on gut health or some other program for gut health. And so they're they're speaking our language already, but I would love for you to share a couple of your like pearls for for gut health, like what you have learned from looking at tons of stool test results. <laughs> well, I'll tell you the biggest thing that I have learned, and I and I can share just a little bit about this. I had to learn um, through myself too in my journey, you know, to healing my gut. Um, I was just. Uh, doing a consult um, with another provider um, before we hopped on the podcast. And it, actually, I did two this morning, and the same thing came up in these two. And that is the impact that stress has on your gut. And, you know, what we see even on the GI map, I mean, we, you know, we were looking at this, um, this GI map on this one of the uh, practitioners that I was speaking with this morning. And we were looking at this GI map and I mean, this this lady had, she had H. pylori, she had four parasites. That's probably the most parasites I've seen on a test. I mean, just her intestinal health markers were just all out of whack, so to speak. And um, when she gave me the history on her, I mean, it was just like stress, stress, stress. You know, she had a lot of things from her childhood that she um, hadn't worked through, a lot of trauma. Um, she also had a lot of anxiety now over, she had a traumatic birth with her son. All that to say, I think, you know, it is something that we that we do that has a lot more awareness around it now is is stress. But, um, you know, from my perspective, because I work with, you know, clients on their gut health, I just see the huge impact that it makes on the gut. Um, I, you know, I shared a little bit about my journey and things that um, that, you know, I saw on my GI map test. I ended up needing to do two protocols. Once I got through that second protocol, I was probably 80% better, but I, I still had some symptoms. I still was like, and my GI map looks so much better. And I was like, I don't, you know, what what else is going on? Well, I had this huge stressor in my life at that point. And I can tell you once I finally worked through that and and removed that, it was almost like a light switch. My symptoms went away completely. And I just, it was, it was, it was that like profound, you know, to me. And so I try to when I work with clients to really help them understand, you know, it, 
we talk about it in society. Stress does this, stress does that. But I think a lot of people are like, well, we live in a stressful world. We can't get rid of it. And that is absolutely true. But there are things that you can do, foundational things that you can do, and you can begin to incorporate to lessen the stress. And I just think if I had to pick one thing that I see impacts gut health so much that maybe we need to put even more emphasis and attention on, it would be stress for sure. Yes. Yeah. I think one of the most powerful questions, and when you were talking about having conversations with students in in clinical, when they're practicing, um, is what happened right before that, you know, that we don't ask enough in healthcare about well, what's what's been going on lately or what was going on right before that happened. And the light bulb that'll turn on for people when you ask that question you know, asking questions of what happened right before whatever event brought them in to to see the provider. I think it's our job, really, um, as nurses, nurse practitioners, to not only be really great investigators, right? We have to ask all the right questions, but we also connect the dots. You know, we, we also help to connect the dots, you know, not only for, for our purposes to help the patient, but just for the patient, just for the like light bulb to see, oh, this is this is why maybe this happened or how this all works mm-hmm. together. I think that's that's so important. Yeah, yeah, that that's true. And uh, I was thinking when you were saying that, too, about you and I are our younger selves in the ICU running back and grabbing food. I use this example all the time. I'm like, let's take a nurse in the hospital working. Let's let's be real. 13 hour shift. Right. By the time you give report. Um, at what point were we in a resting and digesting phase? Like, I'm like, it's a miracle. Like I'm next- still alive. And then, you know, <laughs> my thyroid survived that. Like, just like what nutrients actually made it into my mouth and into my like actually got absorbed. <laughs> got absorbed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You are so right. That's one of the reasons that I love talking about things like this with people like you and and hopefully, you know, sparking some ideas and, you know, within nurses that nursing is such a great field to be in and we need like bedside nurses. Yes. And there are, there are so many, uh, you know, nurses that they are passionate about that and that's what they want to do their whole career. And we need those people. I would also say that gosh, nurses can get so burned out because it's a hard job. I mean, it's a hard, you know, position to be in. So, um, you know, if if that's you and you're listening, you've got a lot of other options. You know, maybe this is like sparking a, okay, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to help people, but in a different way, a way that feels better to me and that I maybe feel like I'm helping people on an even deeper level. So um, yeah, that just kind of brought into my mind how hard really it is, uh, you know, can be to be a nurse. How challenging. Yes. And, and you know, I my students are everywhere. Like one of my favorites is school nurses. Like I always talk about that because I'm like, oh, that's so fun. You know, they can like impact when they have the time. They can impact not just the child, but the family and um, a community. Oh my goodness. But nurse, I have lots of students that are still working in a hospital setting or a long-term care facility, and they are finding opportunities to weave in what we do. And it is really inspiring them. It's like reinvigorating their practice. And I had somebody on previously that I interviewed, um, my friend Ashley, and she was talking about when she was learning functional medicine and then going back in the hospital setting and sharing it with a patient that had just been newly diagnosed with MS and talking about 
Dr. Walls and, you know, and now we've, I've had a conversation with her about that, that like, you know, nurses are able to take this and inspire patients in like every setting. It, I mean, it applies in every setting. We just have to figure out how to squeeze it in sometimes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I agree a hundred percent. And I'm, you know, Hopefully, as as we continue and there's more awareness, there's going to be more of this incorporated into, um, you know, into nursing school and nurse practitioner school. And, you know, I I say sometimes uh, I hope someday we don't need my course. Right. Like this is just something that that all part of the program. Mm -hmm. So if we can segue off that and 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 take your gut health wisdom and your experience helping people with that and then go back to what we, I was just saying about a nurse can share some of this education in any setting and help people. Um, can you talk a little bit about just like using food because that's a huge thing, right? And like I'm creating a nutrition course right now for nurses and it's all about how, I mean, food has such a huge impact on our health. And so when we talk about scope of practice, every nurse can teach their patients more about what goes in their mouth and what happens when it gets in their body. Um, and so your experience, I, I am sure, like is, would be inspiring for a lot of people if you could talk a little bit about just using food and how that's been. Yes, I, and I think um, that's obviously so important. And I see, I probably work, I would say, probably 50-50 with, uh, you know, one group of people who they're kind of like me. They had tried all the things and they have all the foundations pretty much down and they know that there's still something they're missing. So then they want to undergo testing, right? Not everybody needs to undergo testing at first, at least. If you don't have the foundations down, that might actually be all you need. And of course, food and what you put into your body is really, in my opinion, the number one foundation, you know, I mean, certainly there are others, you know, that are really important as well. But I think, um, especially if you're listening, and you're just starting out, and you're getting more into, you know, a, a functional or holistic approach, that's where you need to start is eliminating some of these toxins. And, you know, even just simple things that you can tell people to do with, um, you know, hydrating. And, you know, if you drink sodas, replace one a day with a glass of water, and you start to see how much better you feel. So I think when we're talking about, you know, just just food, nutrition, all of that in general, microing it down so that it does not seem overwhelming. Because if you tell people to go from eating, you know, eating out five days a week and going through the drive through and drinking sodas to only eating whole foods and organic foods. Yep. And, you know, this is probably going to go over so well, you know, they're going to fall off by, you know, day two, probably, you know, um, maybe not. But just in my experience, I think if you can just, you know, micro it down. But yeah, like you said, um, I mean, that's really the foundation, the fuel of our body. Right. And so the other thing, too, I think to consider is, if you perhaps are already doing, you know, really pretty well on the diet, um, you know, and you still have a lot of symptoms, that that would lend me to think, are you really absorbing the nutrients that you're eating? So, you know, I never, I guess until, gosh, I don't know, several, several years ago, you know, you just think, oh, I'm putting all these great things into my body. But it's not, you've heard, it's not, it's not, you You aren't what you eat, you are what you yeah. absorb, right? I mean, are we actually absorbing what we're putting into our body? So I think that that's just so important. But yeah, I mean, the foundation should always be 
nutrition. And if you're working with clients, you know, and they're, they come to you and they're like, maybe they do just want to get tested. I would say, you know, let's get these foundational things down, you know, first and, and start out in ways that are very doable for patients to make these transitions. Um, I think you're going to have much greater success and they're going to buy in, right? They're going to start to feel better. And then they're like, oh, this might actually work. And then they want to do more and better. Right. You're right. Because if you tell somebody, oh, no more soda for you starting today and they're not successful, they're what we would call them non-compliant, right? Like, oh, they didn't listen to me. Then are they really going to want to come back and confess to you that that didn't go well for them? You know, where when we partner with people and we make small changes and they see a benefit to it, you know, I mean, I think nothing is more motivating for somebody than actually working through an elimination diet and the amount of of improvement that so many people experience with that, then they're like, I need to go see what else she has to share with me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, you are so right. But, yeah. So start there. Yeah. And and I think you really started touching on the next question I was going to ask you is just about that idea of um, I talk to my students all the time about we can't waste people's money, you know, their time. And um, and so I feel like exactly what you just brought up is the direction that I try to have them go in is recognize that when people come to you, my students will ask me, where do I start first? And they look at an intake maybe that they've done on somebody. And I'm like, it's always going to be the basics. It always needs to be the things that we're talking about right now, stress and food and um, toxins in their environment and in their nutrition and in all kinds of things that they're exposed to. Um, and then the testing can be for the people, like you mentioned, There, we're going to have people that are that are having more complicated things, things that aren't that that need a heavier hammer because it's been going on for a long time. Um, maybe. Uh, and and so even with my RN students, I tell them like, you know, we can you you can find ways to get testing, but you could also partner with a nurse practitioner in your area or a physician and have a collaborative agreement in that I will have people come see you when we haven't made progress with foundations. But foundations help so many people. You know, that is the reason that we have an increase in almost every chronic health condition is because of our lifestyle, not because we didn't have fancy tests and prescription. Oh, my goodness. You are so right. And here's the thing, too, that you brought up another is just sparked in my mind. Um, I'm always saying, you know, I'm not a fan of and I'm sure you're not either ordering tests that aren't going to change my treatment plan. You know, um, and, and I give I give this example all the time because I do a lot of GI maps and, you know, teach courses on that. You can add on onto a GI map. You can add on a zonulin to test for leaky gut. It costs more money. And if somebody wants to do that, that's fine. You know, it's their, you know, I mean, that's their budget, right? So that's fine. But I don't really ever recommend that because if if they have symptoms and they have, you know, pathogens and think they have leaky gut, I'm going to treat them for leaky gut. And I'm not a fan of ordering a test that's not going to change the treatment. So really the same thing. If you're not, you know, if you're not already doing the, the foundations, you've got to master that really before going on to, you know, getting testing and knowing you know, where to create a targeted protocol. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think just the finances part, like if we can, if we can help somebody spend money on maybe some self-care, 
better food choices, vacation. But when testing is needed, you know, I think it can have a huge impact and they're not going to get it from their like Western medicine allopathic provider. I got hooked up with you when I was talking to Carrie Jones, who I interviewed recently trying to get her to come on the podcast to talk about Rupa and she's like uh you have to talk to Julie because she can totally um inspire from a nursing perspective your audience um and so I wanted to give you the opportunity for a minute to just share a little bit more about what you're doing through Rupa and that you were telling me before we hit record so I just wanted you to be able to share with them some of the things that we were talking about yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, thank you for the opportunity because I I have partnered with Rupa. I, I love them. I think they offer a lot of great um, support and education to providers like nurses, nurse practitioners. So I started out, um, I think I may have mentioned this, I started out teaching a boot camp on GI mapping. Uh, so January of 2023, I taught the first GIMAP boot camp. We, you know, we had good response and we realized that that was a need that, you know, um, providers really wanted to learn more. So then we moved into quarterly boot camps. So we teach four of those a year. And and it's not just on GI mapping. We have other um, educators like Dr. Carrie Jones that teaches um, a hormone, a Dutch um, hormone uh, boot camp. Um, and, and there are many other ones. You can go to Rupa's website and see all of the boot camps that they offer. So that's how I started partnering with them. And then um, I also started writing articles. And I, until I started writing articles, honestly, I didn't even know that they had this option. So they have a um, Rupa uh, magazine. Um, it's totally free to subscribe to. I am not kidding you amazing information, not only for providers, but also patients. I mean, it's written in a way that patients can understand too. Any topic that you want to learn about, go in, type it in, and I guarantee you're going to find at least one or more articles on it. So that's a great, I think, resource to have. Um, and then I also started doing um, some video content for them um, on just different gut-related topics. Um, then uh, we, you know, the Rupa's really, they started out more as, you know, obviously a lab company helping providers to be able to have one central place to order um, all of these important labs. But then they've really moved more into also education um, with Rupa University. And so that's kind of where the boot camps come in. They have a ton of free classes, too, that you can go on and, um, you know, listen to. And then we kind of wanted to take it uh, to the next step because I know from just working with providers on during these boot camps and, you know, learning GI mapping, when you get out there in this functional space, you know, many, many of us and those of you listening, whether you already have a practice or you're looking to start one, it's most likely going to be virtual. And that's amazing because then, you know, you, you just have a lot of freedom in doing that. So and there's and there's not, you know, a lot of overhead and just all really great things, but it can feel lonely, right? You can feel like, gosh, I don't have anybody to collaborate with, like in the hospital. You know, you can go and talk to your fellow nurse, you can talk to a nurse practitioner, you can talk to a physician. And so you're out here, you're trying to, you know, help these people and you're like, okay, well, I really wish I had someone that I could run this by or I could ask this question to. That I have seen over 
the past several years and just working with other providers that and myself too you know it can be lonely so um we kind of started to have a discussion around that at rupa and because they have such a love for providers and wanting to support them uh we sort of came up with this okay let's let's offer this mentorship program where we're connecting other uh, we're connecting a group of providers um and we're helping them not only learn how to either build their business from the ground up or grow their business, and then also incorporate more, um, you know, for me, for this mentorship, it's gut related, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think we're, we're looking at doing other mentorships as well. Uh, but I can just tell you just from starting this, it's been amazing. Um, the first cohort that we have right now uh, is a group of physicians, chiropractors, nurse practitioners, um, health coaches, dietitians, and the conversations have just been mind blowing. I mean, and what I have found, what we found as the common theme is people feel not only very lonely, but another kind of theme that has come up too is having imposter mm-hmm. syndrome. And, you know, one of the one of the 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 people in our group, the providers in our group mentioned that and just like, how do you ever get past that? And I said, I said, let me just go ahead and tell you that I don't know that you ever not feel that way in some respects because you know, I said at just starting this mentorship, I was like, okay, well, what if I don't have all the information that they need? What if I can't do this? You know, I mean, even even people who maybe you think are further along on their journey, we still have it. You know, we we still get into our head and can say, you know, maybe maybe I don't know enough. So if somebody's listening and you're, you know, you're wanting to start a practice or you're just starting out and you're like, what if I don't know enough? You do. You just start. You start somewhere and then you learn as you go, you know, and and nothing's going to be perfect. You're not going to do everything perfect. None of us are, you know, but but you learn from that. You learn from failures. You learn from mistakes. And so all that to say, I'm just I think that that having mentorships like this is is going to be so great and so needed for providers in this space so that we don't feel so definitely yeah because it comes up a lot and i i 100 percent relate to the lonely i've talked about that because yeah i I had a tribe in the hospital you know and like that isn't the case when you have your own practice and you're at home um and you know i love talking to my patients but that's not the same as like being able to collaborate with your peers like you're talking about imposter syndrome 100 percent. i've talked to my students about even like starting the core like creating the course i was like who am i to do this but the truth is, you know, just what you're saying. I mean, when when you are helping somebody with foundational stuff, that it, nurses undervalue how much we have to offer people and how confusing healthcare is for patients. And having somebody that's actually informed about, you know, what to eat, you know, which of these crazy diets I heard about is the right one for me, or you know, why am I eating the right foods and they're not doing any, you know, like you're, everything you've talked about today. Um, and I can definitely testify the boot camps are great. I have new imposter syndrome because I did the true diagnostic one. <laughs> and I'm like, oh gosh, that's a whole new rabbit hole. So I really love the Ruben oh. boot camps because I I tell my students, I'm like, I, I will never be 
the greatest expert in functional medicine. There are people that inspire me that are way ahead of me down one deep rabbit hole, right? Like they're like the cardiology expert or the endocrinology expert. And I was like, I do think that I'm an expert in nurses and like translating what functional medicine means to nurses. So the course that I teach is to lay that foundation. It's kind of like going to nursing school. It's like you get the whole picture but you're not going deep down a rabbit hole like you do when you go work in cardiothoracic surgery ICU, right? Like then you get a mentorship there. Um, and so I love the opportunities that are, you know, IFM offers a ton of support for my students to be able to, to ad advance their practice, but it still isn't teaching them how to interpret testing if they want to add that. And the Rupa boot camps are perfect for that because it's a deep dive from the expert in that topic on how to use those tests um, effectively in a practice because you, I, I think it's an ethical responsibility that if we're going to use these kind of things that cost a lot, that we really invest the time to be good at it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, one thing, too, that I just want to say that popped into my mind as you were um, talking, Bridget, about, you know, kind of feeling like you never know enough or, you know, who are you to do this course or whatever. I think something that we don't think about a lot is like you, Bridget, can reach people that I could never reach. And, you know, Sally can reach people that we could never reach. And so I think sometimes we can get into this, oh, well, there are a lot of people in this space or who am I really going to be able to help? No, that's I mean, there is plenty to go around, right? There are plenty. And like I said, there are people that, you know, every person, every nurse, every nurse practitioner is is going to be able to reach, you know, a set amount of people that you and I yep. couldn't reach, you know, so I think that we, you know, we have to keep those things in mind when we, when we get imposter syndrome or think that we're not good enough or whatnot, you know, the world needs you, you know, everybody. I mean, uh, uh, you know, we look at the rates of metabolic disease, cardiovascular disease, all those topics. People in your town need you. You know, sometimes we talk about like, should I say I'm a health coach and work outside your state lines? And I encourage nurses to a whole different topic, but never, never do that because you are held to your licensure and accountable for that. And there are so many people in your town, in your state that need you. Right. And there's no reason to put your license at risk to go find patients somewhere else because I, I yeah, the people next door to you <laughs> need your help. Right. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Yes. So before we wrapped up, I so you've been in the holistic health world for quite a while. And I wanted to give you the opportunity to share your thoughts uh, with nurses considering learning and practicing functional medicine and possibly wanting to start their own practice like you did. Yes, I would say do it. I mean, like, just go for it. Start somewhere. Start by let me back up. If you want to start a virtual consulting practice, there's literally no cost or there can be no cost up front, right? I mean, when I started, I used Google Docs for everything to keep up with everything. There's no cost to that. I mean, now I use Practice Better because, you know, I've, I've grown and I have more patience. And, you know, you can invest in things like that as time goes on if that's what you choose to do. But, but there's no reason not to. People need more educators in this space. It's it. It's just a huge need. And like you said, uh, you know, people in your community, in your area, in your state, they need you. So I would say just start somewhere. Don't let fear, you know, overcome you starting and helping more people because you're in healthcare for a reason. You have a heart 
to help people. You have a heart for service or you wouldn't be in this space, you know, and I think that, you know, taking more of that holistic functional approach is just um, an, an, an even better way to help people ultimately heal and really live the kind of life that they, that they want to live, you know, an energetic, vibrant life that's not full of you know, disease and, and, you know, chronic conditions. So I think that, yeah, just, I mean, just start because I think that that's, we found this in the mentorship. There's been several people that say, well, you know, I've been wanting to start this practice. I've, I've learned so much. This is another thing that happens. I take in all the knowledge, but then I don't put it into action or put it into practice. So you've just got to take that step. And I promise you, it just gets easier because you'll have some wins and then you're like, oh, this is awesome. I want to do more of this, you know. And so it really does feed you and kind of keep you motivated and exciting, um, you know, the the more steps that you take in that direction. I agree. I think it's so fun, like being able to help people with things and then come back and say, oh, that huge problem that I've had for a long time that's really crippled my ability to work or care for my children or be that person in my life that I want to be. And you get to help people truly heal rather than be like okay here's your new prescription come back next year and we'll refill everything it's 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 it fills my cup it sounds like same for you yes for sure definitely well, julie thank you so much for being on here today i super appreciate it i'm gonna share in the show notes links to some ways for people to connect with you and and follow you um and i absolutely encourage especially if my students have completed the course and you understand the foundations moving on to a course like the gi map would be ideal and so you could take a course from julie after you're done <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Julie. Yeah, that would be great. We would, yes, we would love to welcome um, any of you that want to learn more about GI mapping or, you know, another topic um, in, in these boot camps are six weeks. They're great. It's like you said, it's a deep dive. And um, you ha then you have all of the information there that you can refer back to. Uh, so, yeah, I would highly encourage that after you have the foundations. Yeah, you're right. Because the yeah, theory has her the Dutch testing one, too. It's wonderful. Thanks, Julie. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of the Functional Nurse Podcast. If you want to help spread the word about the powerful role nurses can play as true healers using functional medicine practices, consider sharing an episode with a nurse friend or on social media and click the subscribe button to stay informed of newly released episodes. You can also visit and share the links below in the show notes for more information on nursing resources and the Functional Medicine for Nurses course offered through the Integrative Nurse Coach Academy in partnership with the Institute for Functional Medicine. Until next time, be well.